Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's episode is blessed with the presence of Jennifer Lind Westbrook. She's a freelance writer currently writing for Screen Rent and has been watching The Real Housewives since day one. So she is the perfect co-host for this week's extra special bonus episode, recapping this past week's episodes of Potomac, Beverly Hills, and New York. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Megan. This is going to be amazing. I never really recap shows, but as we were just kind of DMing, you were like, let's just talk about what's on. And I'm like, you know what? It's been a very long time since I've actually done a proper recap. Yeah, I love recap. I love to, the best part, the second best part to watching them is to talking about what you've seen. Because sometimes it is unbelievable unless someone else can confirm, yeah, you saw that. You just saw that (laughs) happen. Well, I don't really have many people like in my life through Bravo and this podcast. I've met a lot of other Bravo lovers, so I've been able Mm to find my people. But I've been staying at my parents' house for the last few weeks as I get ready for this move. And sometimes my dad will just be watching Roni or Potomac with me. And he'll look at me. He's like, did she just say what I think she said? I'm like... (laughs) Yes, um, the bird is named T'Challa, and it's attacking <laughs> another woman um, in the face. He's like, I don't know what you like about this, but I like it. That's what I hear from everybody. They're like, I don't watch that. I mean, I think I might be one of my only friend group who does watch. I, there might be an occasional, but everybody's like, I don't watch that. I don't watch that. I'm like, that's your problem. You're missing out. It's a them problem. <laughs> it is, it is a, entirely, if you are anti-housewives, I, I, I can't help you. You're just I'm anti-you. <laughs> yeah. And I will 100%. say, like, any person, like, whether it's my dad or, you know, boyfriends of the past, like, they'll get, like, a sprinkling of it. And then a couple weeks later, they'll be like, so I saw that Stassi girl on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you're picking up on things. This isn't going unnoticed. I'm glad slowly permeating (laughs) through their brain. I don't even get sprinklings. I mean, it's (laughs) blank stares, you know? They're like, oh, we know you watch that. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's like you have an STD or something. (laughs) Well, in the beginning of 
like loving Bravo. It was like considered a guilty pleasure. And now I'm like, call me guilty. Like I'm guilty. Like there, there's, I feel no guilt in this. And then I try to explain to people, I'm like, I have friends with PhDs and who are doctors and lawyers. And, you know, we have dinner and talk about, you know, what Dorinda was wearing in Mexico. And I'm like, no, like this goes beyond any type of person. Like, I'm sorry, technical no. difficulties always. <laughs> Please, always. I, I am telling you, I am just the queen of it. The fact that I like, even at the beginning of episodes, I have to say to myself, like, check recording because the amount of times I have done 20 minutes into a show and I'm like, I didn't even press go. That's the one thing I had to do, my one job. I'm in Florida too, and there's a storm. Oh God. <laughs> no, not that. Oh my God. Well, have you been affected by any of the hurricanes down there? Uh, not yet, fingers <laughs> crossed, but we got a long way to go, so. Oh my God, well, good luck. I know, I've been watching the news. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Every single way you look at life right now, it's like, how can I get fucked it's, this week? <laughs> it's like plagues, <laughs> you know, floods. It literally is the, 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 end, of uh, the end of days, 100%. <laughs> Oh, but at least we have escapism, and yeah. that is why we love these shows. So, Jennifer, what is your favorite franchise airing? We have Potomac, Beverly Hills, and New York, which I would say are pretty pretty high up on, like, my favorite list. On the right. List. You know, I would say, even though it was a really mean girl season, especially to me with the Denise stuff this season, I still, Beverly Hills is, I think it's my favorite. I do. It varies from season to season. I do miss Bethany a lot on New York, but I did like, I do like Leah, the next generation of Bethany. I think she's great. But yeah, the Beverly Hills, like, I think maybe it's just the exorbitant lifestyle. It still gets to me, you know, and, and knowing, you know, just seeing like, there's a job called a pyro, someone <laughs> who lights candles at a party, like that's a thing. The money and ridiculous spending habits of the women on Beverly Hills just knows no bounds. And I do think that that's so fun to watch. And it's like, it allows you to kind of be like, wow, like look at how the other half live. Mm -hmm. um, which is, I think, a lot of the reason why a lot of us got into the Housewives, because it does show that glamour. And then, yeah, you do have, you know, the drama and the storylines, which, you know, keep people coming back for more. But yeah, there's nothing like watching really rich women, like buy expensive diamonds and just go shopping and put hundreds of dollars down in cash. I mean, I guess that was an old world Teresa DJ <laughs> move. And they all throw like these <laughs> lavish parties, these crazy, crazy parties. I mean, all the housewives kind of do that, but I think Beverly Hills always takes it to kind of the next level. Totally. I mean, they're the one, you know, Tyler threw what, like a, I don't even remember it. It was like a six figure amount for her daughter's birthday. It was oh, way back yeah. early on. Oh yeah. I think that was like season two. And then the little girl just cried the whole birthday party. It's like, she would have been happy with a cupcake and yeah. a couple of her friends in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, so Beverly Hills, and I do like Denise a lot, and I thought she was a great addition, and I'm upset because I'm guessing we're not gonna see her again, so. Yeah, I don't really know if we're going to get Denise back, but I guess this is a perfect segue into this week's episode, which was season 12, episode 16, so it's a kind of short season for Beverly Hills, mm -hmm. but this was the season finale, and it ended basically at Dorit's 
housewarming party for a new home of hers, which is a really beautiful home. They did a very great job with that. I like it better than that other thing that she was living in. That other rental was so just poorly designed. And I just always thought, I'm like, you have just like a very, very high stairwell and you have two like children. Like that is just asking for one kid. You never see a baby gate. Yeah. You never see a baby gate on these shows. But she also, didn't she have like four nannies? So yeah. <laughs> there's no way any of those kids were crawling down any steps because they're, it was ridiculous. But she's had to scale back. So, you know, she had to take that into consideration. Well, I did kind of like that she addressed the tax issues that has, have been going on. And so this episode, she made some comments saying, like, what is this, the real tax returns of Beverly Hills? <laughs> I liked Dorit a lot this season. Uh, she felt more like the voice of reason a little bit. She's like, well, why are you believing this person? Or why are you? It seemed like she was really trying to play a little bit peacemaker and kind of, you know, I, there was jealousy with her and Teddy and, and Kyle, but I felt like of, besides Garcelle, Garcelle and Sutton seemed pretty grounded. Yeah. But Dorit, I think this was a good season to see Dorit a little bit in a better light than maybe we've seen her in the past. Definitely. And I think when Lisa Vanderpump just is around, she just kind of takes over as the alpha and always Mm -hmm. lets her, co-star whether it's yeah you know or I guess I should say her best friend of the minute whether it's Kyle whether it's Brandy whoever she's with like I feel like they then just become a little bit weaker because Vanderpump always kind of took control and so this was fun to be able to see Dorit have her own opinions and say yeah like why are we taking Brandy Glanville's word as bible when she's your friend too I mean, I think this whole Brandy thing got so blown out of proportion and I felt like it was so just rude by the end of it, them bringing her to Dorit's party and her showing up. And of course, Denise didn't want to go after Brandy texted her. Well, I like how they are all surprised and it was Kim who brought her, you know, and Kyle's hands are all over all of this. I mean... (laughs) Kim and Dorit don't have the best history, if I recall. Kim, you know, Kim shows, you know, they, she shows up now, but she was like the perfect kind of excuse to bring Brandy into the fold that wouldn't otherwise have happened. No, Brandy's been, I hate to say it, but kind of irrelevant in a, since she left. So it's just funny to me that Kyle's sister is the link to Brandy kind of finding her way back into the situation. Completely. And, you know, it's kind of weird that the producers really are putting so much weight into Kim and Brandy. And even when they did that, like throwing the penny into the pool, like why are Kim and Brandy doing it? Get out. You can't like, let's focus on the ladies that you have on the show and allow for them to actually have like relationships and focus on those kinds of friendships because at a certain point, you know, when friend ofs are coming in and driving the plot lines, it's just like, so why is Sutton there? And why is Garcelle there? If you're just going to bring in these two has-beens who are coming in to stir the pot and frankly, like, you know, put put like a dent in Denise's image. Like, I kind of feel bad. She's like, if I did hook up with her, who cares? Like, if you're going to do a friend of, it needs to be like a Maloof moment. You know, 
she comes in much Botox, you know, <laughs> she says her hello, she gives her air kisses and then that's it. Yeah. You know, like that's all I need of Adrian or <laughs> so I agree 100%. If you're not, if you left, if you're not on the cast, then you shouldn't be a driving force in any of the storylines at all. And I just don't think they had much else. And I think they really milked and they made it seem like this huge thing in the pre, you know, before the season aired. And uh, they really banked a lot on that drama throughout, you know, building up to that throughout the season and just like on her and on her and on her. And they found just soon as they thought they had something more than just, oh, you know, blowjob stories. You told blowjob stories last season and this season you don't want us to talk in front of your kids, you know? And I was just like, really? This is what we're gonna... I mean, I totally got where she was coming from. That Those comments weren't made around her kids last season. Yeah, like she's amongst friends. I believe they were like at a campground, like everybody's swapping stories. And why can Lisa Rinna do provocative things? Why can Eric Jane be half naked in all of her music videos and right. overly sexualizing herself constantly. And that's totally okay. That's totally yeah. okay. But Denise, it's, it's a problem when she does it, when they're all mothers, they all have kids. And, and Denise like seems quite proud of her sexuality and what she does with Aaron and whomever else. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to have that be like used against her and everybody's sitting around at multiple dinner parties in multiple countries talking about you hooking up with another woman. Like, it's just none of their business. And they're sitting there saying, well, you, how can you only have hung out with her four times if you guys have a string of text messages? It's like, people can text. Like, that doesn't correlate with hanging out all the time. All of a sudden, they're attorneys, you know? <laughs> and all of a sudden, Lisa Renna is a, a mental health expert, you know? She's yeah. like, own your stuff, own your stuff. Who are, who are you? <laughs> you sell stuff on QVC, don't get me wrong. I think Lisa has been an, an interesting addition to the season and she can be really funny. She can. But she, when, you know, when Garcelle told um, uh, Brandy, she said, you know, Rena's changed, she's harder, she's more, and I agree with that. I think she's a lot uh, more of a antagonistic character than she maybe used to be. I mean, maybe she has been all that way, but with Lisa LVP and others, it wasn't as, but this season, she really stood out quite a bit as to me, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm not being a good friend. And then she's the first one to turn around and go, you know, talk, have something to say. Yeah, I really felt like she was flip-flopping a lot this season, and it was hard to watch, especially when they were in Rome and they had that conversation where it was just Denise and Rinna talking. Mm -hmm. And Rinna, like, can't even squeak out a fake tear. Like, she's playing both sides. Like, she's talking about her with the other ladies, and then, yeah, sits there, and she's like, I'm sorry, I know I've been a bad friend. I want to go to church with you. Yeah, can I come to church with you? I was just over the moon. I'm like, are you kidding? Now the two of you are going to go sit in a confessional together. Let's not together. invoke Jesus yes. into this whole thing, okay? <laughs> Jesus well, did nothing I, to you too. <laughs> yeah. The one thing is, here's the thing. I do think Denise probably is closer to Brand. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but last season there was a scene with Brandy and Denise having dinner together. 
Yeah, so like they're friends, clearly. And they seemed chummy. It was, and you know, so I do think Denise kind of downplayed it. And, but that, okay. But I think the truth about what happened is somewhere in between. I think Brandy's not being fully forthright. I think Denise isn't being fully forthright. It's really nobody's business. And um, I, I think they're friends. And whatever happened beyond that, it just doesn't matter. And I think Brandy is ultimately just thirsty and looking for a storyline. And Denise is defending her character. And, or if nothing else, protecting her privacy, the privacy of her marriage and the privacy of her, of her family. And there's nothing wrong with that. All those women would do the same thing. And so what if she says bad things about Teddy or bad things? If, if I talk trash about someone and they were like, did you say that? I'd be like, uh, no, I don't remember. They all do it. So I don't really, I just don't see Denise as a villain. I think Denise got blindside after blindside after confrontation everywhere she went they were on her about every and then if she didn't show up they were on her I don't know at a certain point like I understand why she's like I'm not coming to this stupid party I'm not doing these things like I'm sending you guys seats and desists because I need you to stop talking about my personal life like, exactly in places that are just inappropriate like if any of the other women had anything really major going on in their lives where there was an affair being had or sleeping around, it would be nipped in the bud so quickly. Like, imagine Kyle with any sort of storyline. Like, when Mauricio had all of those rumors years ago about him cheating on her, that couldn't even get potentially brought up. Even when LVP, like, made a little comment about it, she freaked out. She freaked out. Like, they all kind of live this lie, and I think Beverly Hills is very much so a secretive franchise where they all, I think, kind of plot off camera and say, yeah. like, we're not talking about this, or we're not going to bring up this. I think last year they all, you know, hid Dorit's money issues, and when that girl was, like, chasing after her at that beach club, being like, you owe me money, like, that happened <laughs> in the middle of a scene. Like, they were filming the show. It never aired. None of the ladies talked about it, and it just was kind of glossed over. And so I think this show, they really, they really value that. But I think a lot of the ladies have been intimidated by Denise. She comes in, makes more money than all of them, has mm -hmm. had this great career, has, like, you know, a, a dumb yet hunky husband. You know, she has fame that comes outside of being just on a reality show. Like, she has things that a lot of those women want. And, mm -hmm. and it's all of them. They all are failed actors. I mean, I shouldn't say failed actresses, but they all have right. tried to be actresses. And you wonder why, you know, Teddy and Kyle are sitting there being like, I don't like this woman for no reason. Like, let's create a whole thing to make her look bad. Where in the end, it just kind of looks like, no, like this kind of backfired on you guys. It just looks like you're bullying someone for just having probably like a drunken hookup. One too many Casamigos on the rocks. I... I think Kyle just needs to focus on her clothing brand. <laughs> and In quotations. Well, you know, that if that stuff is horrible. It's so, so like, just poorly designed. It, I'm like, what are these? It's fabrics? so bad. It's so bad. I mean, I don't know. Do any of the housewives who have tried clothing brand have any of them? I guess, I guess Leah, Leah's had success with hers, but yeah, I'm just... Uh, Worry about Mauricio, who I'm pretty sure is stoned all the time now, and he just hiding out from all of it, which I think is great. 
Um, but yeah, find another story. Her business, leave Brandy out, leave Denise alone. If you have conflict for other reasons, then address that. But don't spend all your time swirling conspiracy theories about Denise Richards and her life. No, it's unnecessary drama that it is, there's nothing to it even. It just feels completely almost fabricated for the sake of just putting Denise in a bad situation, making her like the, well, it's not, we're not the problem. It's Denise who's the problem. Look, she's lying. Look at all these texts. Look at all these, she's the bad guy. No, no, she's not. And now they're going to probably turn it on her in the sense of like, well, she doesn't come to the party and she doesn't even care. She doesn't even care about the group. She ditched Garcelle. She didn't even tell Garcelle. Isn't Garcelle her friend? You know, they're just going to turn it on her. And I know they all mentioned at the reunion that they all had to stay, stay pretty silent about what was really happening with the Brandy stuff because she did send these cease and desists. And I mean, they could get sued if they really, I guess, breached them. You know, I'm wondering how this is all going to be handled on the reunion because the ladies talked so much behind Denise's back and were very cowardly when she would be kind of in front of them. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they, and I don't, I'm trying to think like none of them really took her to task except for Rinna. And that was like the shocking thing because they had known each other for so long. They have this past. And I think that's why Denise was so hurt where she was like, Hey, like we're flying to Italy. Like you knew that they were going to be bringing this up. You had over 24 hours to let me know. You don't think you could send me a text? Hey, this is going to come up. And Rinna's like, I didn't know how to tell you. It's like, yeah. what, what kind of friend is that? Like, just say the hard thing. It, like, So a group, a group bang, you know, a group blindside at the table is definitely the best choice, Rinna. Yes. That's the best. <laughs> when in doubt, let's just completely throw her under the bus in front of everybody. And, you know, there, I think Sutton was like, what is going on? Or... <laughs> And Garcelle, you know, there's there's the few rational ones who are just, who look completely dumbstruck about this entire situation as it un- as it unfolded. So, and what a wasted trip to Rome. I felt so right. bad for Denise. Spent it all in her hotel room hiding from these women. Like, go outside, do something fun, eat some gelato, everybody calm down. It's just not your business. And I love how Brandy's now a credible source. Well, that is like the rich part of all of this, where Kyle and her had fought for years, blog posts and like multiple episodes discrediting Brandy, saying she's a liar, saying all Mm -hmm. these things. When it's in defense of Lisa Vanderpump, then Brandy's a liar. Or if like... Or about Kim. About Kim, early Kim, before Brandy and Kim were friends, when she's like, she's in the bathroom doing, you know, crystal meth. She may not have been in the bathroom doing crystal meth, but it was obvious there was something going on. And that, you know, Kyle blew up. Well, this season, I've never known Brandy to be a liar. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so then she was doing crystal meth in the bathroom. Thank you for (laughs) confirming the good point I you know someone should have brought that up so yeah I mean it was disappointing and I am curious to see how the reunion I mean obviously the teaser that she walks off at some point so um but yeah it was I I, I'm disappointed because I I think they could have done better and focused on other things and I'm sorry that they that they kind of just it's just nobody's bring why brandy was back i don't know 
why they constantly just had to be on Denise, like you said, jealousy. And maybe she was a little more toned down this season because she is having apparently custody issues and things like that. But, you know, I think, wasn't it Sutton who wasn't allowed, who filmed less, wind up filming less because her kids Everybody kind of respected that situation. So I don't really under, you know, if, if Denise wants to, okay, their first season, maybe she's a little more provocative, but she's calmed down. She's married. And, I wouldn't go to Teddy's shower either. Seems like a so snooze. What if she, Teddy and her don't like each other. Why would she go? Brandy or no Brandy, why is she going to go over to a baby shower to celebrate someone who's been terrible to her and who she doesn't like and who, you know, she talks about? So. Yeah, Teddy this season was just so boring. Again, another just useless season from Mrs. Mellencamp but she did end up having her baby and she's so cute that was like her end Chiron she had her baby yeah which was nice um we have Erica Jane I guess the last scene was kind of very fabulous all of a sudden it's like three minutes left of the season and all the ladies are getting on a private plane to go to New York to see Erica Jane and like that is what we should have been focusing on yeah give us a little bit more time in New York especially New York is like a pressure cooker for Kyle Richards. That's where she had that fight with Camille when mm -hmm. they saw La Caja Falls all those years ago with Kelsey in it. But like, let's focus on that. Bring the ladies on another trip, allow them to create their own drama and issues and things will come up naturally. And that's mm -hmm. a little bit more interesting. And I think, you know, you see that with the Real Housewives of New York women where it is so quick for them to say something just horrible and then move on. Like the fight, I mean, this actually can kind of lead us nicely into New York, but the fight between um, Lou and Sonia and the Berkshires, where all of a sudden Lou just does a 180, turns, is so horrible to her, horrible to Sonia. And then like 45 minutes later, they're hugging and like, giving each other lap dances and having a great a great time or if that had been a conversation in you know Beverly Hills like that would have then been dissected in 600 different chats after there would have been a huge fight the entire reunion would be about all of the crazy things they said even Ramona being like you need to go to AA <laughs> yeah there's no yeah the, the New York ladies just kind of you know they they put it out there and yeah, like you said, I mean, that was horrible. Luann's just total full-on diva freakout on poor Sonia, you know? And Sonia this season to me was indispensable. She was just hysterical, like comic relief, when, especially in the last episode when she came into Leah's fashion party and she's like look at all the hot guys and she's like hanging all over and she just it's always in her element if there's good looking men around she doesn't care if it's downtown and you know everybody oh it's downtown oh I, I might get mugged with my uh, you know and um but uh I just love Sonia I just I I really do I I she she has endured you know, a lot. And I, I really like her. You know, they're all drunk. So the fact that Bravo had to put Dorinda in timeout, I, know. I think is probably for the best. I have a feeling she was insufferable at the reunion and it probably just left such a bad taste in production's mouth where they said, you know what? Maybe you could come back as a friend of situation, kind of like Luann did. And then that yeah. year Luann, you know, 
fucks that guy on Turks and Caicos or whatever and had don't be all uncool. Like she had a very great redemption period for that friend of and then immediately came back as a full-time housewife the next year. So it's like that little time out. I think Dorinda might need that to kind of gain some perspective and maybe like actually try to seek like real help and maybe talk through the death of Richard. Yeah. Rather than just saying like, you know what, I think rosé and, and white wine spritzers will will cure this. Yeah, this is the first time we really saw, I think with uh, her breaking up with John, that Dorinda has some unresolved, you know, is still very tender all these years later. I think we saw that a little bit when her and Carol went to London mm-hmm. and she revisited that. But you don't, it probably wasn't great timing to have a camera interface. And dealing with all these kind of large, overwhelming, big personalities. It wasn't a great look for Dorinda. I still love Dorinda. I really do. I thought she was merciless with Tinsley a little bit. But um, that's probably the easiest, you know, the lowest hanging fruit to go after is Tinsley. So, but um, I, I will, I don't know. They, you know, page six, she was fired. Others say it was mutual. I don't. I don't know where the truth is in that, but I don't think we've seen the last of her, no. But yeah, I think she needs some time to herself and deal with her, deal with her issues. Yeah, it will be sad to not have Berkshire weekends. Like the, that became- That's right, no, no more Berkshires. They're gonna have to find somewhere else to go. Oh God, don't go back to Ramona's Hamptons house oh. in the lower level. Oh, that house is just played out at this point. I'm just wondering if that cast is kind of moving towards an overhaul in general a little bit. I think so. I think Leah probably opened up producers' eyes to remembering, you know, there's tons of different types of amazing women living in New York and to Mm -hmm. pigeonhole the typecasting of the women on these shows, like, is just not really doing you any favors. And in the beginning, it was different. Like, it was like initially like Manhattan moms and it was all about that Upper East Side fancy life and then slowly but surely like of course like they all became like reality tv stars and you know that like shiny Manhattan elite life kind of was a little dulled at least like you know Luann got divorced and was no longer a countess and got arrested and had all these things so like the (laughs) like the elitism that the show began with is very much like kind of coming to like a more like realistic perspective of people in the city. Like, yeah, like, I mean, not everybody I know is, you know, getting drunk in Miami and like yeah. getting arrested and, you know, beating up cops and getting kind of away with it. But I think it just is time for a shakeup. And I'm sad that Dorinda's going to go, but I have a feeling, you know, Ramona probably has one or two more seasons in her. I read somewhere that if this, if she stays for season 13, which is next season, she'll be the longest running housewife in housewife's history. So I feel wow. like I'll feel like they'll give her that over Vicky Gumbel. Yeah. 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 I just, I mean, her Ramona's antics are the same, you know, I I'm, I'm renewed. I'm rejuvenated. I feel the best. I look the best, you know, and it's okay. We get it, you know, but it, it, she's just, She's always very volatile. You can always count on her for drama, always. She's always going to clash with somebody, so you don't ever have to 
worry that you're going to get some dud in there who is just going to, and Leah was by no means a dud. She was a great, I think she was, a, they, they lucked out there because there's quite, you know, she hung around with these women who were significantly older. Yeah. So um, I, I would like, I, as much as I love Sonia too, I just feel like eventually you've, and in the times we're living into, you just have to be more representational. It's just not, you can't do, like you said, in the beginning, it had a different kind of vibe and a different kind of, it's supposed to be high society and all of this. And we're not doing that anymore. We kind of need to see more downtown. You know, we get the Upper East Side. We get the whole vibe. Let's see more. It's kind of like when Carol, when they were like, when she yeah. was different, slowly but surely, let's introduce, integrate new personalities, get some new in ideas because with some you know the drunken ants they go on vacation together and then <laughs> crap their pants and you know and Ramona's such a crazy diva you know so demanding and she's so horrible to every staff and oh. you know that stuff is cringeworthy to me I mean and unapologetically horrible or then she apologizes but then turns around and does something even worse so yeah, I mean, she is the apologizer for yeah. sure. And yeah, I mean, when she called the staff in Mexico servants, it was yeah. oh, oh, like, honey, you don't think you picked up in these 63 years on earth that you shouldn't call people servants? No, you didn't get that memo. No, no. And she's always <laughs> triggered now, triggered by her oh, yeah. stuff. Whenever she gets in trouble, well, my father used, and I'm not saying that, you know, those aren't legitimate issues, but she just kind of has been pulling them out to get her out of jams more and more, which makes it less like, I, I, I'm less sympathetic when you're using it to kind of get yourself out of hot water saying, well, my dad used to yell at me, Dorinda, so when you yell at me, it makes me think of my dad. Well, everybody's dad yells at them at some point, you know, <laughs> doesn't mean you need to have an entire breakdown about it, so. Yeah, um, I, I just think they're going to go younger. I think they need to go more diverse. And I think Leah's a great jumping off point. And as much as I do like Dorinda, I hope Dorinda does kind of maybe show up again. But like we said, we don't want to rely too much on old cast member old, once we get new ones. But I do like Dorinda. I do think the whole idea of her being let go or what the mean drunk thing is ridiculous. Well, it's just, let's just say Dorinda probably didn't have her, wasn't living her best life at that time, and it all got caught on t on video. That's, that's really it. Her birthday party was also this past week, and John was there, the whole crew was there, Hannah was there, wearing the jacket of oh. that queer pattern to go with the pants that Dorinda wore a couple episodes before, and I just have to hope she was never wearing it as a full set. Oh my gosh, I thought we'd seen the last of those Afghan mm. pants. Um, are you, I said, that's an, that's a whole thing that is an ensemble. hideous. And Dorinda's got pretty fashion on point. I got to give it to oh, yeah. Dorinda. You know, when she's lounging at home in her knee socks, no, but when she goes out, she looks great. Oh yeah. Well, I and think she always were terrible. Yeah, no, that was definitely a no. And yeah, when I walked watched Hannah walk in, I'm like, you are like so beautiful and young. Mm -hmm. Like you should not be wearing this cloak. Like, oh, looks like an old blanket. Uh, oh, and I, the, the vibe of that party was so warm and so great. You know, even though they had a couple little, you know, you know, moments. But, and, you know, she's telling John, you always have a seat at my table. That's just, that's nice to see, you yeah. know, to see her, to see her be like that. I, I um, 
I kind of thought that could have been the finale, truthfully. It had kind of a finale vibe to it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was kind of nice. They all were together. Yeah, and of course, yeah, there were those moments where Lou is like, get off your phone. And mm-hmm. even like, Dorinda, why are you clearing Sonia's apps at the dinner table? Just to have yeah. fun with your friends. Like, I was yeah. with Lou on that. I'm like, put your phone away. But I was happy to see John. And you could tell, like, he still loves her. He still cares about her. And I think he still wants to be, like, kind of her boyfriend. But I like that he's, like, giving her her space. But he's still, like, a gentleman. Still came to the party. And I'm glad there was no, like, issues with Hannah there. Because I always know, like, the two of them, there was always that friction between them. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want John to fight with Hannah at this birthday. Like, just everyone get drunk. Listen to Luann slur uh, an eight-minute speech. At least she didn't have subtitles, though. <laughs> that's that's always bad when they have to subtitle drunk people. <laughs> the best part of that was when it interspersed with when she's saying happy birthday. And it interspersed with Dorinda, like in her in her in her oh, confessional, making fun of how Lou will just come out of nowhere and go, yeah. "Happy birthday!" <laughs> and it was so hysterical because it's so true. You know, any chance to, to put on cabaret Lou, and it, she was just like, "She's gonna hop up." Happy. And that was I laughed so hard at that whole thing with Dorinda because it was so true and it was really funny just kind of calling out Lou for being such an attention whore about, you know, loving to get on a mic. She can't pass a mic. She can't pass up the opportunity to sing happy birthday or any sound, any song really. And in any country, yeah. at, at any point she'll find, I feel like she just carries a microphone in her purse at this point. And she's like, you never know when there's a birthday. Yeah, now when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it should have been the end of the season party. I wonder what they're going to do for next episode because usually it ends with like a larger party. And even like this part, this last episode were two big parties. Obviously it was the married to mob 15 year anniversary party. And then yeah, Dorinda's birthday. So I feel like that could have just been like a nice end to it, but. Yeah, they're doing a song is drag queen bingo. Oh God. So, I mean, I don't know if they're setting the stage for like another argument that they'll take into the reunion or, you know, or something. But it really did feel like ending it here would have been a good spot to me. I, I can't imagine what's going to come up next week that really is going to, unless unless there is some other Dorinda outburst or there is some kind of friction between Leah and Ramona, something that will fuel more of the reunion. That's the only thing I can think of because mm-hmm. there's, I mean, everybody was kind of in a good place for the most part. Um, when we left them. So, and that's, you know, generally the end of the season is. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is where we're at. Some people are, eh, but everybody's kind of, and then they all rewatch the show and get mad and yell at each other at the reunion anyways. <laughs> oh, one other thing I think that came up. This episode was the fight between Ramona and Elise at Leah's party. I think Ramona was just looking for an excuse to get the hell out of there. She's like, I don't care. I just need to get out of this party. There are too many not, uh, you know, white Betsy DeVos looking women here. Like, she's like, I need, um, you know, Lily. Or men, or men that she deemed acceptable. Oh, yeah. Well, I did love, like, so yeah, Sonia coming in like a horn dog. And then she was like, don't you think I look like a white grandma? And the young guy goes, yeah. And they just start <laughs> laughing hilarious, like hysterically together. Like, that is why you love Sonia. There's just a shamelessness. And I have a feeling she hooked up with one of them. Like, of course she, she did. Of course she did. And, you know, but remember, Ramona won't, wouldn't lower herself to be with, like, a bartender. Oh, you know, gosh. she's, you know, she's, she's, whether she's, I'm okay with being alone and whatever. No, you're not. You're constantly on the search for men. You're constantly talking about men. You ditch your friends to go flirt with strangers at the bar. So, yeah. And I don't even understand, really. At least kind of did not make my radar. I know she went on that trip to Rhode Island. was Providence, right? Yeah. Where did they go? Yeah, they were, I think, uh, not Providence. It was, oh, why am I having a brain Newport. 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 Yes. Yes. Oh, so It just didn't register for me very much. As, you know, I'm, I, she was in, she was out, and then they kind of threw her back into the mix as, as something to tick Ramona off. And, it kind of, like, Ramona just didn't even engage, so. Well, I think, yeah, if Ramona has something she doesn't want or like, it's just, like, full ignore, and that mm-hmm. ignoring is just, like, probably so painful, especially, like, the two of them have known each other for two years, and Ramona even said on this, sh- I think it was this past week, she said, you know, she came in, and she's not a girl's girl, you know, yeah. she tried to take my friends, which I believe is just Ramona saying she tried to take my spot on the show, like, get mm-hmm. the hell out of here, like, Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were going to actually want you to come on trips and do testimonials. I don't think Ramona thought that Elise had staying power, which, like, she doesn't. But I think she was shocked when the producers were like, you know, yeah, you have to invite her to the Berkshires. You have to invite her to Newport. She's like, get the hell out of here. This is my thing. Like, And, and what? Now you're, like, friends with Leah. And I think the, I think her and Leah are good friends in real life at this point. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. So Roni's great. I'm excited for next week. The drag bingo. I mean, I can imagine we'll get some great sound bites from that. And I mean, also, I feel like Ramona will be like so confused and ignorant during it too. So, I mean, there's probably we'll get some of that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done drag queen bingo in New York City. Probably not the way that um, Sonya will do it. So I'm sure it'll be much more over the top. And yeah, but. Yeah, looking, always looking forward to the finales because I'm sure there's something that's going to be juicy thrown in there for, for the reunion. Yeah, you're right. And I think it does make sense where there has to be something in this upcoming episode that then is going to be reflected in the reunion. But I also think there has to be some sort of, sort of strategic planning for Bravo to tell everybody that Dorinda is leaving before the reunions. Like, I think something really bad must have happened the season's not even over and she's saying she's not coming back for next year. Like, I think that was, I think it was strategic and I think she must have been 
really insufferable at the reunion and she can't take accountability for anything. And, you know, you understand like she's going through so much, you know, in her head. And I think all the ladies understand that. And Mm -hmm. I too, like, let her know, like, Dorinda, it's okay. Like even Lou at the beach with her a couple episodes ago, she was like, Dorinda, like, we're all here for you, but like, you don't listen. And she's like, you're the drunk Lou. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, it's okay. Like, and Luann, like, you know, warts and all, I'm always so biased about her on my show. I'll get like 15 DMs being like, you don't, (laughs) you you like Luann too much. It's horrible. But, you know, I think a redeeming quality about Luann is that she fucks up constantly and actually can then be like, oh, you know, that was messed up and I'm sorry. And when she freaked out on Sonia, she apologizes. And, and Mm -hmm. that moment wasn't so bad. Whereas like a Dorinda blow up, is now becoming so common that it's like, okay, this is not okay. Like, where a Lou freak out like that isn't as common. And so it was like, oh God, like this is like a one-off, like diva freak out moment. And Luann has endured some pretty, pretty harsh stuff. And Dorinda has thrown the going to jail thing in her face multiple times. And that's, she gets. That's, that's a pretty low blow to keep kind of, falling back on and Luann just was genuinely hurt you know she was it wasn't about she was like that really hurt my feelings and it's like well I'm sorry I'm sorry and but and Lou's like but I can tell that you're really she's trying to explain like I don't feel like you're sorry she's like well I'm sorry I'm sorry and you know I do think in that sense it didn't feel heartfelt and Luann deserved an apology because that was really I mean that was if they're such good friends, that should not be something she's throwing in her face. And it wasn't even about her. It was a fight she was having with, you know, Ramona. Luann is like collateral damage in that entire situation. Lou and Dorinda are brutal with one another. And I think Dorinda projects a lot of her issues onto Lou because mm-hmm. Lou has dealt with like her alcohol issues. And But, you know, she went to AA, she went to rehab, she got help. And now she can drink responsibly. I mean, so we see. But, Mm. you know, like, there is, like, some people, you know, might need to stop drinking forever because it's, like, all, like, they just physically can't keep up with that. But some Mm. people can drink in moderation, and that's okay. And even, like, when all the stuff was happening with all the ladies were like, oh, we didn't get the feeling that she was an alcoholic or that she was struggling. But then you know, then Lou would actually open up and say, you know what? Yeah, like, I would have a bad night, and I would drink one bottle of wine, and then I would drink another bottle of wine, and why not drink that third bottle? And it's like, whoa, like, okay, like, you don't even know. (laughs) One, damn, you have amazing uh, tolerance. I know. This big, you're 15 pounds, and you're drinking three bottles of wine to the face? Like, well, you can't be sober on, on Real Housewives of New York. It's very hard to maintain sobriety, so the fact that she did get through it and 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 accomplish that speaks volumes because these women are always <laughs> drunk always, always drunk <laughs> and that's why it's funny to me when one accuses the other i mean for you know everyone every, oh sonia is the one with the drinking problem and Dorinda, everybody's got a drinking problem and except you know the ones calling it out i don't i don't know if they've ever accused ramona of having a drinking problem ramona is never without pino or whatever in her hand so she's hawking her wine label you know for years and you know it's 
I believe that the concern is genuine, but it's like the, when they throw out bullying and stuff. I mean, I do think they probably drink more when they're filming because they're in social situations, they're in social settings. It's probably, I mean, you go to hang out with your girls at, at their country house, you're going to drink. Yeah. So, and it's okay and to get drunk with them. Like, but it's, you know, to that certain level. Granted, I mean, we did get like Leah in the Hamptons. Like, well, that was outrageous. With, or even her in Newport. I was like, honey, I'm with Ramona on this one. Like, you yeah, acted that a was, damn fool. Uh, that was really bad. But, you know, even she had kind of, and but that was early on. So I think maybe she had, maybe there were nerves or she just didn't quite know. Because so she seemed to have reeled that in quite a bit by the end. She yeah. was, you know, able to be at parties and drink, but not lose her mind over things so yeah and I know she's sober now and so it should be interesting to see how she kind of comes into the reunion like with a clear head looking at the entire situation because you know this is going to be like the perfect time for Ramona to just vilify Leah like that's gonna be bad that's well, and all that footage will come back, you know, the tiki throwing, oh. the torch throwing, and it's, and, you know, the rolling around on the ground, and I, that, that will all come back, and Leah will have to answer, answer for it, I'm sure. Well, even that, I feel like then, you know, Dorinda's gonna probably throw the argument into the ring, like, so Leah can do that, Sonya can be drunk 24-7, and, and yet I'm the one who's deemed a drunk. And it's like, well, yeah, honey, when you're like so incredibly mean to people who love you and genuinely care about you, like that's when there are problems. Like Sonia only hurts herself and her, mm -hmm. you know, her exposed toes as she's smashing glass. <laughs> You know, she's not, like, hurting anybody. Or showing her boobs to poor, innocent people who don't want to see them who work at the house in Mexico. She gets, you know, just throws buck naked, and this poor woman who's trying to do Ramona's hair is, you know, my eyes, my eyes, you know, that's... She, she will get and, therapy. And, I mean, hiding wine in soda, that's, a, like, in a Coke, that's a new one. I don't know where that came from. But... Well, see, my family, like, in Italy, drinks... Coca-Cola with red wine. I've heard I, that trick. I remember that from Jersey. Yeah, it's a thing. Caroline Manzo and her mm -hmm. sisters, they were doing, like, there's something Italians do. We put uh, wine in our Coke, so. That I get, but the rosé, and I love all of them trying it and being like, what, what, what is she doing? And she's like, I, it's like, I didn't think she was, like, drinking it to sober up. It's like, you know, there's something <laughs> called water, like, that that might help um, you sober up a little bit more, stay a little hydrated. <laughs> I will say that, you know, aside from her, I was not a trophy wife, you know, meltdown. Sonia's a pretty happy me. drunk. Yeah. She's, generally speaking, I mean, I know they have, you know, she can be a handful, but she's, I don't find Sonia to be malicious. I can't recall a, a, a situation where Sonia has gone after people like they've gone after her. I just don't see her ever being malicious. She always looks like kind of wounded when someone comes at her and she's like, oh, I didn't mean, I, I think when she says and does things, it, it's genuinely, she's, if she hurts somebody's feelings or it goes too far, I think she's genuinely either very sorry or she's just unaware you know, I just don't think she's like Ramona. I just don't think she goes for those kind of catty, jugular kind of nasty things. I think Sonia's pretty, pretty, 
harmless in a lot of ways compared to some of her castmates, for sure. She's the straw that stirs the drink year after year. <laughs> <laughs> so moving to Real Housewives of Potomac, we're on season five of Potomac, and I'm so glad everybody is getting into it, you know, five seasons later. I feel like People like in my life are slowly kind of coming into it. I had a friend last night. She was like, guess what I'm doing this weekend? I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, I'm starting Potomac tomorrow. I'm like, oh my God, yay, enjoy. But I, I'm really liking the season and I like the addition of Wendy. I think mm -hmm. the breath of fresh air and Karen is obviously very intimidated. I'm wondering what their drama is. I feel like Wendy's thrown a lot of shots at her about her sex life with Ray as if, Anybody wants to hear that? Oof. Well, you know, Wendy has said that she, this reminded me a lot of like Nini and Phaedra and mm. uh, Kelly Ben Simone and, um, God, I'm losing my mind, Bethany, where they said that they had met these people or knew these people on previous occasions. And the one always acted like, like Kelly always acted like she'd never met Bethany before. <laughs> and so of course, Bethany was offended. And I, Wendy said, you know, I've met Karen time and again, you know, we've done these things and she always is very dismissive or she acts like she hasn't met me before. And this is an accomplished woman. You know, she's a political commentator. She's got all these degrees. She's a professor at John Hopkins. That is not a woman in, from what I gather, what the social circle is that you would probably forget, you know? So that feels like probably very definite shade. 100%. And that should be a fun, interesting kind of dynamic to dig into later in the season. We have like that seed of Robin and Wendy going to the park with the kids and Wendy's kids are just beating up Robin's kids. <laughs> and her kids are so cute. And Wendy's oh, husband yeah. is like so handsome. I'm like, God, this family is very good looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robin, and I think Robin's husband and their oh. kids too. Robin's very 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 good looking men it's very nice to to have that eye candy on occasion I'm like more of them less of uh Ashley's husband oh well I can't <laughs> believe that baby is just a, a baby Michael oh that looks just like it. and I think she might be struggling with that and even Candace who is just such a dick was like what did she say? Well, can you explain to me why your why your baby doesn't look like you? And I'm like, Candace, she knows. She's already struggling with postpartum depression because she has the reality that now she has a baby Michael who has just done her dirty for years. And yeah. now she has this little perfect angel who is like a constant reminder of the horrible man she decided to be with. Well, I... I Candace said, well, she is starting to fill, he's starting to fill in with Ashley a little bit down here, but that's a cute baby. I, I do have to say it's cute baby, but yeah, I mean, there's no questioning that is a mini Michael for sure. He seems to be a little bit, I think, I guess anybody near a baby is going to be like a little nicer, but mm -hmm. they said that they haven't been able to really have sex because she just had this baby. And of course, like there's time that you need to heal and you know feel confident again but mm -hmm. then later this season we're gonna see that like he was at a strip club cheating on ashley and a part mm -hmm. of me like one side I, I really think that they have like an open relationship or at least would like have other partners in and they kind of expressed that like in earlier seasons and ashley they'd always be like who's the biggest freak and they're all like 
Ashley and Michael. Like, <laughs> who knows what that Australian dude is into? Because like, yeah. it's like, I think everything. <laughs> yeah. I, again, you know, that's the risk you run. If you have that kind of, you know, situation, but you, when you're filming a reality show and he's grabbing producers' asses or cameramen's asses, then, you know, then it does become kind of public domain and you've opened yourself up to it. I, I, whatever flies their freak flag, <laughs> I have, I, if it works for them, that is their, I'm fine with it, you know? But if, um, it, it's just, it, it astounds me that they know cameras are rolling. They know they're now kind of public figures, at least to a section of the population. And that you know you're gonna, that you know, all these things about people having affairs. It's like, well, if people know who they are, now you kind of got to think where there's smoke, there's fire because people recognize them and these things. And I'm just like, why are you people not more careful? Like, put it on hold until. <laughs> well, that's especially like these guys going on dating apps. It's like, do you not think the crazy Bravo fans are not like on top of everything, posting in the Facebook groups, posting on Instagram? Like, you cannot hide. You cannot hide from this messiness. And I think, you know, Giselle, who is taking back Jamal after he cheated on her and did her so dirty, to now kind of, frankly, probably just find herself in the exact same situation that she did eight years ago with a guy who, you know, is in the public eye in his church or whatever he does. You know, he's in the public eye. The, being on Potomac is making him more recognizable. Like, he doesn't live in your state. You guys have this long distance relationship. Like this is a recipe for disaster. And it's, it's hard to watch, especially as her kids are, are really struggling with, with their reconciliation. And I understand where the eldest daughter, Grace, was saying like, no, I don't have an issue with you, mom. And I don't have an issue with you, dad. I have an issue with you guys together. Like, mm -hmm. how do you look at your mom after you watched your mom cry and be devastated and have to build her life back up because her husband was a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Like, I know. <laughs> Those girls, that family, that birthday dinner was so awkward. So horrible. I, I, you know, I felt for Giselle because she just really wants to kind of everybody to reconnect and, those girls just couldn't look more miserable. Seriously. He's like, Oh, you guys are part owners in a restaurant. And they're like, yay. <laughs> I want Nicki Minaj tickets. <laughs> but it's like, you know, forgiveness is really hard. And like, as an adult, I struggle with it. But as a kid, are you kidding me? My dad did my mom so dirty. And, you know, I had to deal with that and not have a dad in the home because of his, you know, indiscretions. Like, of course you're going to be scared of what that looks like in their future. And, you know, these girls are old enough to all be able to have the internet. They can read everything. They can know everything. And if this does eventually, you know, f flop and not work out, mm -hmm. it's on TV. Like, uh, brutal. It again. even like when Giselle and Sherman broke up last season or the season before, I can't remember. Um, actually I think it was last season. And, you know, the girls had to deal with it, too. It's like, it's their life on screen. And they're, like, these beautiful teen girls. Like They are. They're so, they are so gorgeous. I'm thinking girls. back to season one when they were little. And now they're just, like, like their mother. Like, they're going to be as stunning as Giselle is, for sure. And it's just sad because, like, you know, they're, like, you could tell they want Giselle to be happy. And they were so mm -hmm. happy when Sherman was in the picture. And mm -hmm. that's, 
that's hard. And then now they're like, oh, our fucking dad, you know, dad is like a shady character. <laughs> like why yeah. would and also Giselle only starts liking him again when he moves to another city and gets a new job. She's like, finally, I think I can take him back. It's like interesting. And I don't get it because to me, Giselle is probably not one of the most beautiful housewives, period. Ever. Hands down. And there are some beautiful women on the show. But to me, Giselle, she's smart, she's savvy, she's funny. I don't understand why she even, I mean, I understand they have kids together. There's a connection, there's a history, but I just, I don't, I, I hate to think she feels like she's getting older and she's, you know, maybe this might, this is her best bet. She doesn't, she's tired of being alone. She got Sherman, you know, she invested in that and it didn't work out. But I, I can't say, I mean, Juan and Robin, he did her wrong and they've, had this very strange journey but it's worked for them so you never know i mean well that's yeah kind of how you can look at it where it's like yeah you know they were together they stood by each other and yeah he's gonna propose towards the end of the season and so which i can't be- wait for because i think that'll be amazing yeah i'm glad he's finally doing it because if we had another season of her being like one mm-hmm. i don't know maybe we're gonna move again and maybe we'll get back together i don't know it's like shit or get off the pot like you yeah. have a beautiful family you have a beautiful you know wife and like a life that you guys have built with one another and obviously they're so ingrained with one another's lives because i don't think he has a mom or a dad and mm-hmm. she has both of her parents and they have a very strong family unit like so you know i think like, they need each other, and I think they've built a life together, and so it's like, you know what, just get married, and give her, like, the family life that the kids always wanted, thought they had, like, the fact that the kids didn't know the parents were divorced was always so strange, and then there, she was like, yeah, well, the kid, uh, he googled us, I'm like, yeah, that's, (laughs) that comes at about, like, age seven, I think, at this point. Well, I'm really glad, too, she said, no house until marriage, we're not gonna do that, we're gonna, you know, and after all the money stuff, it's really nice to see them just kind of rebounding and rebounding together. And that, especially when you see some of the shadier stuff going on with the other, it's nice to see that like, yeah, couples can hit really bad and not every couple can endure stuff, but it's nice to see that some put in the work and the effort and it wasn't easy for them. And, you know, but it's nice to see it. And it was very honest, I think. It was very, that is definitely, I think for him, especially as kind of the cheater, to be open about that on camera and kind of accept, yeah, I screwed up and she's a great woman. And I think that was a very honest, very, probably one of the reasons why the show has kind of taken off is you see a little bit more genuine than I think some of the other franchises have kind of, like you said, Beverly Hills, there's a lot more behind the scenes plotting and, and, you know, I think that's true with Orange County too. There's a lot of off-camera hijinks we don't see. So I do think Potomac, they're still early enough that you're seeing a lot more genuine behavior and more like true personalities. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and we see, you know, a lot of Candace's genuine personality this season. And she's just been like on a rampage when it comes to anybody. And, you know, first, I mean, I guess it kind of starts with Ashley and they were dealing with the aftermath of their big fight last year. And it seems like they make up at the 
brought at the baby shower in a way and then they had that mm-hmm. lunch with one another but again it's kind of hard to like have a real conversation about like the horrible things you were tweeting while she was in yeah. labor and Candace can't even say I'm sorry she says I stopped and you don't give me any respect for that it's like honey so you stopped cyberbullying me and I should be thanking you Mm-hmm. For, for deciding maybe, you know, while someone's in labor, I shouldn't be calling her like a roach and making fun of her. Maybe. And uh, yeah, she said, well, you engage, you know, Candace was like, you engage. And she's like, and I stopped because, I was, <laughs> you know, I was having a baby. <sighs> and yeah, Cand- and Candace is one of those apology people who says, well, I'm sorry you felt that way. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not, not genuinely sorry for her actions so much as sorry as how it got her in trouble in some way or it made her look bad or the other person's upset. But it, her, her apologies never feel like, oh, I really screwed up. That was a messed up thing to do kind of sorry at yeah, all. Definitely not. And I think she's definitely well aware of the Sharice and Monique fight over the potential hookup with the trainer. She Mm -hmm. definitely 100% was privy to all of that. And she's kind of playing dumb and being like, I didn't know you and Sharice weren't friends. Weird. And, you know, Sharice comes to this party and then shows up at the baby, the sip and see. And and I don't know. I just think Candace is a little shady. And I don't know. I liked her. And I, I like, I mean, I don't know. I liked her, but she was always like, you know, like spoiled little brat. Last season was all like, I mean, wedding stuff and mommy drama and all of that. And now this season, we kind of see her being in the place with Chris where they're thinking, do we have kids? And a part of me thinks like she doesn't really want to have a kid ever. Like, I don't, I think there's obviously so much pressure on women just being a woman to have a kid and to do that. Um, And you see her openly saying like, look how my mom fucked me up. Like, Mm -hmm. what the hell am I going to do to a kid? And Chris is a father, I think of three kids and doesn't seem to have a super close relationship with any of them. Obviously they don't like live with them in their condo. So even that it's like, okay, so even your partner has decided to be a father a bunch of times, but even he is kind of like, uh, bye. Like, I don't really know what to do either. And so it just seems like her being like, I peed on a stick again, you know, maybe this time. And he's like, well, he's like, I'd love for you to be pregnant. And she's like, well, I I don't know. It's like, it just feels like there's this disconnect with her, her motherhood journey. And it's probably just like to have a little bit of a storyline outside of like her her throwing knives at people. Well, I don't know where the peeing on the stick even came from. It was like, were you having, I, I'm, presumably she was having morning sick, or, but she wasn't having, there was no mention unless I missed it, like, oh, I might be pregnant, you know, it was like all of a sudden she was talking about, want, talking about whether to have kids, but then, then they show her like in another scene coming out of a bathroom, having taken a pregnancy test. I'm like, did I miss that? She said she was, you know, she thought she might be, she was having morning sickness. It seemed very randomly stuck in there, arbitrary. It, you know. <laughs> and even Chris made the, the comment. He's like, um, we're not having sex. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be something needed here for us to have a kid. And that's sex. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least they spared us when Bethany was on the toilet with the door open, taking the pregnancy test. At least we didn't have to see, you know, 
that level oh, of it. It was so but, I'm like, it's not funny, but like that whole scene, she's like just trying to call Jason and he's not picking up. And she, it's, it's a <laughs> foreshadowing for the whole fucking relationship. Oh God. I'm actually reading um, her book, A Place of Yes, because I'm going to do an episode on the show about it. Right. Um, and the book is so bad. Oh my God. It's just like half-baked advice from Bethany Frankel. I'm like, what the hell am I reading this? Why did I spend $17 on this book? <laughs> well, you say, you know, it's funny too, because I um, watched Lala Kent's movie that she made with <sighs> the sorority row. Oh. I couldn't help myself. I could not help myself watching that movie. I should and, watch it. Uh, we should do an episode about it where we talk about it. Oh my it. gosh. It was so bad. And, and, and oh, I, it's, I bought it. I even bought it. I didn't just rent it because it was so bad. It was like, it was just as cheap to buy it as rent it. <laughs> so I, I buy into that stuff too. I'm like, oh, Lala did a movie. Let me see what that's about. You know, nothing good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got a three point three out of ten on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's really terrible. I mean on IMDb, yeah. That that's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I get the book thing. I understand because <laughs> you do get curious. You can't help yourself. I was like, you know, I was just scrolling and I was like, I should read a place of yes. I'm looking for some answers. <laughs> Asking the wrong woman. <laughs> Well, we also have a little bit of Monique and Chris drama. It seems mm-hmm. like he's not putting in any effort into the relationship and can't even muster up the words, how are your, how was your day? And right. I feel, I feel bad for her. You know, she keeps popping out these babies and, and, you know, has the show and has, you know, not really easy moms and has a podcast and does all these things. So she's genuinely busy. And so I understand yeah. where she's like, you don't put any time for me. And like, what does Chris do? Like, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. You know, a lot is sitting around from what I can tell. He is so sweet with that baby Chase, though. Like when he was like cuddling with him last episode, I was like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) I think it's, you know, you wonder, is that, is that normal after a baby? And she's, you know, dealing with feeling even with the help overwhelmed and he's just kind of disinterested and he's not getting his needs met. And so there's kind of, or are we looking at like, is there some legit stuff behind that word on the street Giselle's talking about? And is this going to be a marriage that down the road, these are the first warning signs of you know, what we saw in other housewife marriages that were like, uh-oh, they seemed so great last season. And now this season we're seeing some cracks that we didn't see before. So. I mean, you know, there's no smoke without fire with, yeah, there's no smoke without fire with that one. And it's especially just, if they said they were seeing her out and about um, out in town with this dude, like I, I, and even if, you know, it's not true, Chris could even be feeling insecure about that. And that's kind of why he's pulling away from her a little bit where he's like, well, you know, you might be cheating on me. Like you say you're not, and I believe you and I trust you because I love you. But you know, there's that, you know, horrible insecurity that's probably in his ear being like, she could be cheating on me. But granted. I'm just wondering if we're going to get any more real story about that. And if that's, the ultimate catalyst for why these, you know, there's that final big confrontation that we're going to be waiting all season for or, but um, yeah. And it's too bad. Cause you know, you like a couple and you think that looks pretty solid and then you, but, but it's also realistic too. That may just be a bump in the road for them and it's not, but, and it, and they're very, there were very open communication and 
about, and she's like, I need more of this. And he's like, well, I need more of that. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's just all it is, but it all feels like it's heading towards something bigger. It's kind of setting it up yeah, for something yeah. that's coming. Well, other people who are in a rocky place in their marriage, <laughs> Karen and Ray, who, who knew a housewarming party would reignite the flames of their relationship, which is <laughs> Also, if this housewarming party showed us anything, it was that that house in Gray Falls was absolutely rented. She did not live there. Oh my God. If she had actually lived there, one, again, she'd have like a picture frame and furniture, but you know, she would have had a party. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I, Robin, I think made a crack about this house being rented too. When she was getting her eyelashes on, she's like, I didn't know you had housewarming parties for rentals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> Go Robin. Well, she yeah. showed up with the pizza at the party. One Robin was funny. so gorgeous at that party in that sparkly dress. I was like, Robin, yeah. oh my God. Like, take my breath away. <laughs> yeah, Robin's killing it for sure. She looks great. Um, yeah, that party was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with Karen. This I don't know either. I, I like how she's like, the whole marriage was like based around the kids and now my whole life is just based around the dom it's like what, what are you really doing for la dom that is taking up your entire like you're not doing 40 hours a week on la dom and i guess you know of course like they can't say la dom and this tv show i do and all the press right. that comes with it so i think la dom is like the catch-all for like being a reality star um, right but yeah. Well, Ray Her wants to just go to Florida, and now Karen can't be on The Real Housewives of Potomac if she retires with Ray to Florida, and that's where their marriage is at. Yeah, and, and I feel bad, because I understand. He's like, what do you mean? I worked my whole freaking life. I gave us this life. I'm ready to retire. I know you're gearing up this new career, and, and you know, it's amazing that she's able to do this and is making money, and, and that they, too, have, like, bounced back. They had tax troubles and all of those issues, but... Mm -hmm. You know, like which she bailed on him. I mean, not exactly the supportive spouse. You yeah. know, she's like, "Oh, I don't know anything about that. I, our money's always been set." Which I don't buy any of that. With as long as they were married, and she never, you know, wrote it. They didn't have a joint check. I mean, I she was just like, I don't know, like hands up. I don't know anything about. It. She was that was really an unflattering side of someone who just didn't want to even be, you know, didn't want to get dirty, didn't want a reputation tarnished by what her husband was doing. And in result, just kind of was like, that's on him. That's his problem. And it's sad. And, and I, and the hard thing watching that back, I rewatched, I think season three, a couple of weeks ago. And he, she was like, Ray, how did you not tell me? And he's like, um, Karen, honey, I did. Um, you weren't listening. Like I, you know, I know, you know, you weren't listening. And I think, thank God they're out of it. But you know, you see it with all so many of these men on these shows where they kind of like hoodwink their wife, and they're like, surprise, big issues. You know, Teresa and Joe are a perfect example of her being like, wait, what did you, what, like, where did this come from? Granted, Joe was being sued for three years before they got on the show. So, right. like, you know, there were probably inklings that there was some fraudulent behavior. But, yeah, Karen did kind of, like, cut bait 
uh, just cut out any sort of support for Ray, which is disappointing. But we did get her making that video with her assistant, Matt, who's one of my favorite Klingon characters. I'm like, who the hell is this kid? Like, where the fuck is he from? <laughs> yeah. I liked Wendy's husband being like, who the fuck is that man in his house? Like, why would he let that guy in the house? <laughs> And everybody's like, where's Ray? If this is Ray's party, too, where is Ray? You know, Ray's up taking a nap. Ray yeah, doesn't well, want a party. He leaves the party to go sleep. You know, I know. Like, it was like the sad, it was the saddest. I felt so, he's been like, please just let these people out of my house. I just want to go upstairs and chill out. And there's Send like them. acrobats in my backyard. <laughs> Send the acrobats home. I just want to go to bed. I know. I did like her outfit change for Beyonce, or what did she call herself? Kayonce. I like Yes. <laughs> I, I like the showmanship of it all. I, I, I do, but at the same time, it feels like she's trying just a little too hard. Just a little too hard. Just a smidge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got a lot, and, you know, I'm not sure that she just kind of has this compelling a personality or some of the you know possible storylines that some of the others do so she's which believe it or not her her marriage is probably going to be her her story arc this season but um you know it's hard to compete with the likes of you know what's going on with Giselle and things like that and she's and then they brought in this new Wendy who's like this obviously got a lot of interesting things and a lot going on and yeah, I think she's probably putting a, li putting a little bit, putting just a little too much into it, making herself a little thirsty, just a little bit. Um, and little I think bit. that's going to continue probably. She's going to insert herself as much as she can to stay relevant, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you, follow you, and read your amazing recaps and articles? Um, well, I am at Screen Rant, so um, ScreenRant.com. And I, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and um, at Jalen44. And uh, Jalen45, I think, is my Instagram. <laughs> I'll tag it's you in all things. So just yeah. kind of my episode. Yeah. Post, you so, you know, what, whatever. Um, yeah. And it, this was great because I haven't really been able to do any um, housewives related stuff recently. And I miss it so much because I just used to love to deep dive into those crazy. <laughs> I said, those crazy bitches have been paying bills for me for years. So I appreciate you having me on. It was really fun. My first podcast and it was great. So I, I had a great time. I had a great time too. Thank you so much. And I'll let you know when this comes out. I think it'll actually be tomorrow. I'm going to edit it later tonight and then put it up tomorrow. All right. Thanks. Thank Alrighty. you so much. It was so great to meet of you. Of course. It was great to meet you too. Have a great night. All right. You too. Bye-bye.